everyone. Welcome to the newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts, Bernhard Gunther and Laura Matsu. So on today's podcast, we're going to talk about staying sane in an insane world. So obviously, samsara is on overdrive right now. And we're going to talk about how can we maintain our sanity after two years of nonstop psyops, basically. Um, so we're going to talk about the war in Ukraine a little bit. We're going to talk about this kind of impending doom, World War III, um, you know, kind of what's going on in the collective, how to handle fear, what to do. And I'm also going to give a little bit of update on some astrology transits um, that are coming up, including the Venus-Mars conjunct Pluto. And we have a nicer transit later this year, which is the Jupiter, uh, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction as well. Before we get into all that, just a quick announcement. Our next round of our group coaching program, Time of Transition, Embodied Soul Awakening, which if you're new to our podcast, is our 12-week private online group coaching program in psycho-spiritual self-work. We have about, I think we're about three quarters of the way full already. It begins on April 11th to July 2nd. Um, and we go into a lot of the stuff we talk about the podcast in these courses more in depth and really kind of coax you through various tools. We go into evolutionary astrology, shadow work, occult forces, teach you really in depth how to work with triggers and projections, talk about entity interferences, psychic attacks. We really focus a lot on somatic work, inner child work, working with core beliefs. We also talk about accessing the true self, timeline, realm dynamics, universal laws, evolutionary relationships and lots of conscious relationship skills. So if you want to join us in this container, we have about, I think, 10 spots left right now. It will fill up way before April, way before it begins. So don't sleep on it. You can either go to Bernard's website at veilofreality.com, look under courses, or you can also go to, uh, if you want to just directly apply, you can go to www.awakenapply.com. Dot com. So we hope you can join us. And yeah, let's get into let's get into it. Let's what's the newest insanity in the world? Well, <laughs> I mean it's crazy because suddenly everyone has replaced their BLM profile uh, bio with uh, "I stand with Ukraine." So it's interesting to watch the kind of collective the masses adopt a new trend that's been really pushed on them through the mainstream media. And I'm not saying that like war is good or, you know, that I encourage uh, what's going on there. I'm just saying that anytime the mainstream media comes out with a dominant narrative that instills fear in the population, I am very skeptical. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Obviously the big news is, as you just noted, the, war in a ukraine by evil dictator invader um vladimir putin <clears throat> excuse me and that's really the image uh the western media western governments try to portray you know the evil in uh, in manifestation um invading this uh country ukraine so-called sovereign country which is actually it is not um can you just just explain that so why is it not sovereign well that's a whole topic on its own like i don't want to go too deep into it okay but it's already been you know um uh, been hijacked by the western by the deep state even the the current president Zelensky is his name i forget yes. i forgot his name yeah he was literally an actor until like 2018 had his own tv show playing ukrainian president <laughs> he was a producer and then he became that 
Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's the perfect act. Yeah. And let's so not forget. And, and so, you know, so there's, you know, Ukraine is, a, is, people need to really understand the deeper history, also the hidden history, so to speak, of what's really happened there. And it has become really a hub for the quote unquote deep state players, for money laundering, for child trafficking, for even organ harvesting, uh, black market, and all of that. Um, again, I cannot, I don't want to get too deep into that right now. It gets into all kinds of conspiracy stuff. People may, um, throw away right away before investigating themselves, right? But there's, for example, the Biden family has business interest in the Ukraine, Pelosi, Schumer, all these uh, um, deep state actors, so to speak. Even the infamous uh, Hunter Biden laptop, you know, yeah. showed documents, proved that Hunter Biden had, was working for some Ukrainian Burisma. gas company and all that. It was called Burisma. Yeah, Burisma. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And obviously the FBI... Uh, buried all this evidence and all of this. So what I can, let, let me put it this way. When all these politicians speak out against for the Ukrainian people, they couldn't care less about the Ukrainian people. They have their own interest in Ukraine. It's uh, in their territory right there. And Putin's um, motivation, well, there are many theories about there as well, you know, uh, with regards to, you know, Ukraine wanting to join NATO and all of that on this superficial level. But there's a talk that he was taking out uh, biolabs and all of that were a threat to, you know, to his nation, so to speak. I don't want to, you know, the thing is, I don't want to get into this black and white thinking, mm. right? So I'm, I'm never pro-war. War sucks, right? But the fact of the matter is there's, I've never seen so many fake images and videos circling around that supposedly yeah. showed that Ukrainian people or they're standing up fighting back and all of that and all kinds of nonsense um, uh, um, stories about uh, Ukrainian heroes that take down the Russian army and all of that. There's so much propaganda, lies and nonsense circling around, especially nowadays of social media. And what I really have to say, though, when it comes down to what you just hinted at is, you know, over the past two years, finally people started to quote unquote wake up more to the corruption in the world, the uh, so-called pandemic and all of that, the attempted enslavement of humanity, medical tyranny and all of that as more people started to see the truth and wake up, right? And all of a sudden this happens and most people who are all had started to question authority, government and all of that jump on the bandwagon right away and literally repeat everything the mainstream media tells him, all the politicians and all of that. And like, we need to stand for Ukraine, evil yeah. Putin, we need to take him down. Oh my God, oh my God. You know why though? I really think it comes down to just basic lack of emotional intelligence. It's like people can be easily manipulated through their emotions. And yeah. that's what the that's what the media does. It's, so, it's a classic logical fallacy. It's appeal to emotion. Exactly. And majority of people, you know, do not actually have emotional intelligence, mean able to identify your emotions, manage your emotions, choose the correct output. So they're easily triggered by the media propaganda into a state of fear. Yeah. Where is that? And that and when you're in a state of fear and your amygdala is activated, and we've all been very stressed out over the past couple of years, I think to some extent, you know. Um, then they can easily just touch on that and, and and trigger you into a state of fear and then make you believe anything they want to believe. And it actually turns off your prefrontal cortex, your ability to actually think logically and think critically. Exactly. You know? So that's a good, also the topic we want to get deeper into staying sane in an insane world, despite the stories and trying to figure out, in, figure it out intellectually, which is a dead end in itself. There's 
so much happening on multidimensional levels. Like yeah. I said, it's not black and white, yeah. but it is a red flag. I mean, here's some common sense question. When have we ever been ever told the truth about any given war in the yeah, past? Exactly. Be it about Iraq, uh, be it about even going back to Vietnam, uh, be it about Haiti and, and wherever the you know Western world tried to play cop or world police, right? Yeah. Trying to quote unquote free people. And as I said again, Ukraine said, people, you know, this is a sovereign country. They're allowed to defend themselves and keep their sovereignty. Well, question it. Are they really a sovereign country? You know, research the history yourself. What has really happened? What What did Obama do over there, over there already? Exactly. You know, um, uh, during his administration. And uh, who is this president right now in Ukraine? You know, what is history? Look into it. Research it for yourself. And so on and so forth. It's easy to, de de you know, when the whole world, all of a sudden, all the governments who were, you know, robbing people's, not only people's rights, but uh, traumatizing people with this whole pandemic over the past two years. Yeah. And all of a sudden unified, go against this created enemy image of the evil Russian bear. Yeah, Putin, it's also right? perfect timing. It's a big red flag. You know, because the mandates are lifting in a lot of places. Obviously, it's not anywhere where it needs to go yet. For example, I still can't fly into can I can fly into Canada, but I won't be able to leave as a dual citizen. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have 100% of our rights back. They're definitely scaling back on the mandates. My thoughts are they didn't expect this many people to push back. And now they've just created another diversion also and a distraction of what happened, you know, so that people are more just, oh, war, war, war. And they forget about the whole psyop of the pandemic over exactly. the past, including all the vaccine deaths and all of that is about to come out as well, I feel. So it's like, it's just the ultimate diversion strategy. And literally all of a sudden, like, you know, a week ago we had this, uh, the trucker protest in Ottawa and like people have forgotten about it. People forgot the exactly. fact that Tamara perfect, Lich, yeah. one of the organizers is still in prison, you know, yeah. like it's just... So, like, I think one of the main things also with staying sane in an insane world is understand that your attention is the has the highest price for main for the media for social media and the more that you give away your attention to these diversions including myself by the way i have to kind of rein myself in all the time is the more that you're giving them your energy your time you know your creative energy so it's important to kind of just also disconnect from all of this insanity sometimes come back to yourself and really focus on what's important to you yeah because the way the matrix works the hijack we have to understand on the very basic level the matrix works on the fear frequency level right and now we have this fear this Im Im impending doom of world war three nuclear holocaust and <laughs> fallout and all of that Right, which is in people's minds. People are literally being programmed with that fear. Yeah. And they're glued to the media and they don't understand how their minds, especially nowadays, are being molded and programmed. You see this naturally. Like I see this, even wrote something about on Facebook, which also that got me into Facebook jail again. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise for daring to question the official story, uh, narrative of what's happening in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, but it's so fascinating. For That's how I see, and I've talked about this before. And I've written about it, how easily an awakening impulse can get hijacked. Because this is a war. This is a battle. We, we're dealing with multidimensional levels of warfare here. And I'm telling you right away, you will never be able to intellectually understand what how the matrix works. Even with what happened in Ukraine. There's many theories, many stories, and I'm, I'm happy to dive into it, entertain them all. But I don't waste too much time and energy trying to figure out what exactly is happening because... 
you know, ultimately it comes to the inner work to really transcend the matrix who then to be the change, to really do the great work, which then will affect the outer world, right? Doesn't imply to not uh, engage in any action, outward action. We need to point out truth and lies, but it is limited on an intellectual level. Even with Putin, you know, there are stories that he's taken out the deep state or people say, well, he is also part of the World Economic Forum. You know, he's been there with Schwab and the Great Reset. So it's all controlled opposition that is playing us. Yeah, I can entertain all these ideas. But even, by the way, I want to make this uh, quick note uh, about the World Economic Forum, um, which is always sketchy if somebody has been there, yes. But let's also be reasonable and don't not fall into the uh, fallacy of guilt by association. Yeah. You know, just Trump was there, for example, or just because Putin was there doesn't mean he's in cahoots with, cahoots with them. Could be out of war strategy. He's just going to be there, just play his part, True. you know, or maybe he was there, something has changed. I don't know. Or he is part of this whole controlled opposition. They're playing us from both sides. Sure, totally. Whatever it is, what what we are being told right now by the mainstream is def is not the truth. There should be very common sense at yes. this point. But that's why I say this this awakening impulse, which is really I've seen so many people quote unquote wake up on the basic three D matrix level. What's happening in the world, right? The corruption with the quote unquote pandemic that has people you know initiated a bigger awakening. They start to question what's happening in the world. They start to ask deeper questions about themselves and all of that. We see this in our work as well. So there was this healthy questioning, but now all of a sudden this happens, boom, and a lot of not just like leftist lost liberals, you know, but many people who started to see through the lies and distortions of the pandemic now jump on that bandwagon <laughs> and completely repeat exactly what CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, or Pelosi, Biden, all the uh, <laughs> all these politicians uh, repeat and they just uh, you know regurgitate that right put yeah. the ukrainian flag on 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 the profile and again it's not about justifying war or what's happening it's just questioning what what's really happening and yeah. war we know it's money too it's it's a yeah, military military industrial complex exactly the, we can't forget that basic piece of you know us economical like so Biden is a military industrial complex president, you know, and that's how he makes money. So, and I, by the way, I got canceled for saying this, that the Pluto return of the U.S. is lining up exactly when he gave this big warmongering speech against yeah. Russia. Yeah. He wants to go to war because it makes the country money. You know, that's how he makes money. It's like, that's part of his his game, so to speak. So we can't... It's a perfect distraction for, yeah, his, exactly, for him, too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, I don't understand how all of a sudden, like, leftists who were like supposed to be anti-war for the last like 20, 30 years are all of a sudden, yes, yes send them guns, we're pro-war. And like literally... Like they're they're anti Second Amendment in the yeah, US. That's the irony too. And yes. then they're cheering for the Ukrainians <laughs> to be sent guns. Like it's so it's so hypocritical. And yeah, also, it's true. It's true. you know, I got canceled recently for m m mentioning this lineup of the Pluto return of the US and B Biden's warmongering speech recently, which shows me actually I didn't even know that that was going to be controversial. That I was actually onto something. You know, so it's just fascinating to see how this kind of mass hysteria works on people, and it's just like. You know, that's why I think it's really critical. And Dane Rudyard has said this, um, he's an astrologer, as well as other people, is like, if you want to survive these Aquarian times, you have to be rooted in your own individuality. Otherwise, you get swept up in the ways of the collective. So, for example... You know, as soon as you go on the internet, you have all of these different access to like literally millions, billions of opinions, right? 
millions of YouTube views, billions of perspectives. And if you don't know who you are and what's important to you, you're just going to latch on to random stuff and your inner world is just going to be chaos of other people's opinions. That's why in order to survive this kind of global community that, that the internet creates, we really have to be rooted in our own individual nature. Otherwise, we're going to get literally cast away in the mass hysteria, in the mass psychosis. Like that's just what's going to happen if you're not rooted in a strong sense of who you are. Exactly. So let's dive deep into that because yeah, we want to just preface it, you know, what's happening in the world, Ukraine again. Uh, um, also, if, if you want to maybe hear more information uh, that you won't come across on big tech um, social media outlets like Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Instagram because it's being censored, follow us on Telegram, our time of transition channel. What, yeah. is it, what is the address? It's t.me slash time of transition, one word. Yeah, or look, if you have the uh, if you have the Telegram app, it's just at time of transition. Yeah. You can find an app, you know, I post a lot of relevant information. But personally, I'm not just, you know, I keep an eye on it, but I'm not invested in it because I know something bigger is happening, right? Yeah, yeah. You can easily, like, I, um, I mentioned that before. I don't know if I mentioned it in the podcast or I've written about it. You can easily get caught up as what Neil Kramer called the second matrix, which is the paranoia of your own mind, right? In this whole conspiracy uh, rabbit hole as well. And, you know, definitely there are conspiracies. Obviously, what we're being told is not the truth. But as I said, be discerning as best as you can. But ultimately, uh, we're not going to fight this war by just trying to figure out what's going on intellectually or fighting the matrix externally. There needs to be a deep alignment. But it also goes in line with some bigger cycles happening right now. Correct. Yeah. You want me to talk about the astrology a little yeah, bit? You, yeah. Okay. So let's do a bit of a catch up. So last time we talked about the nodes of the moon switching into the Scorpio Taurus axis that happened January 18th. It goes until July 2023. So I just know what we've been seeing in our groups, for example, lots of spiritual lessons through death, whether losing someone you love, whether being confronted with a life or death situation, whether letting go of old relationships in your life, which also signify a death or just changes. Change is like the name of the game with Scorpio in all sorts of levels. And sometimes people see change as a good thing. Sometimes they see it as a bad thing. But getting a good relationship with what needs to go, what needs to be cleaned out is really important. And even in the past few weeks, like I've like, been hit with like, you know, many like I've counseled a lot of people, including my close friends who are grieving someone close to them who they've lost. So it's really... You know, I've really realized, too, I've been reading this book about Tibetan Book of the Dead again, which uh, more a translation of it rather than the actual text, which is very kind of out there for, for a regular Western mind. But, you know, I realized, too, that the Tibetan Book of the Dead is actually a way to be with life. So reflecting on death, every single, like, this is a great Buddhist practice in general, but like literally living your life and asking yourself, if I were to die tomorrow, how would I live my life? What would need to change? What would I need to let go of? What would I need to move towards, you know? So if we can really be with death in a completely vulnerable way, and it's hard, it's easier said than done. Like you really got to be with the grief and these deep emotions when you're being with death. It's not easy, you know, but it will open us up to deeper levels of spiritual power, essentially. So this North Node in Taurus is really testing our resources, you know, and our ability to also keep focused on what really matters to us and work hard under this kind of chaotic Scorpio-Plutonian pressure, the chaos, you know, can you stay focused 
Taurus in the chaos, Scorpio. So the more we can anchor kind of our spiritual strength resources, Scorpio, the better equipped we are to face these challenges, Taurus. So take stock of all the ways you resource yourself, all of the skills that you have to kind of stay grounded under pressure, both spiritually and physically. You know, ask yourself, like, I mean, for me too, like, it's really important to really understand, like, how to stay anti-fragile under pressure when life is challenging you. It's easy to think that you're resilient when life is easy, but resilience is actually developed through exposing yourself to stress, realizing that you actually have the strength to get through those stressful situations, and then you develop this resilience and anti-fragility. So it is really, the Taurus North Node is really very much about resilience. So we want to ask ourselves, like, can we anchor the energies of both the Phoenix, Scorpio, let go of what needs to be let go, go of, you know, catalyze whatever parts of our lives need to be catalyzed, and the bull, the builder, the worker. So this is not a lazy transit at all. It will test you. And just know that these spiritual tests will help you understand your values better, Taurus, you know? So asking yourself, you know, looking to the North Node as a directing guide, what do I truly value in life? What do I stand for? Is my life a reflection of living out those values? Are you living in integrity with those values? It's so key, you know? Taurus gets really fixed on a goal, and will go towards that without anyone stopping it because Taurus knows how to stand for their values. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, chime in real quick. Um, and I, meant, I think we mentioned this before, but really becoming being clear about the difference between values and desires. Yeah, yeah. Right, the desire is something you want, you know, some passion, some things, some relationships, something, uh, you know... Uh, <clears throat> You may be lacking. You think you're lacking, yeah. But a value is something more, uh, a deeper characteristics coming stemming from your true self. Yeah, I mean, it can be related to desires for sure. But if our desire is to be happy, you know, for example, then right. that can really throw us off course because, like, the Taurus is more like, like for me, like I, I have a Taurus North Node, so I learned one of my values was actually authenticity. So that commitment to be authentic in any of the relationships which I think are important to me or matter or that I'm building, you know, for example, will give me the strength to withstand the tests that come when I'm authentic and someone gets mad or I'm authentic and someone doesn't like me or whatever. Because me staying true to the value of authenticity, it's what gives me strength, not the approval of other right. people. So that's that's more or less on it, just for, for listeners to be clear, like, uh, values are like integrity authenticity yeah you know all of that yeah like definitely taurus can be a bit of a materialistic sign as well that's very well known you know yeah. but i'm more talking about these deeper internal values so let's you want me to keep talking about the astrology or should we move on because I, I the venus pluto actually you know what i'm gonna actually talk about this venus mars pluto conjunction as well yeah because it's then, intense yeah. and we're in it right yeah, and then now i want to get into the topic of fear and how to deal with these intense times exactly yeah. yeah and then at the end of the podcast i'm going to talk about um or maybe on the second hour if we don't get to it there's also a nice jupiter uh neptune conjunction so another one to watch out for is this Venus Mars conjunct uh, Pluto conjunction basically in Capricorn? So this is an extremely intense conjunction. I think it's, it's going to be exact by the time this uh, podcast is released. Yeah, so it's going to be exactly conjunction on March third. Basically, that's kind of the grand finale. 
So I just know for myself, because it's actually opposing my moon right now, this can bring up a lot of anger in people, frustration. Some, If you're the person who tends to suppress anger, it could show up as like a lingering anxiety, or maybe you're feeling checked out or just sad or whatever, deep grief. I don't know. All sorts of emotions can come up if you suppress anger. But if you not, if you have a healthy relationship with your anger, you're just going to sometimes wake up pissed off and just be careful with this transit. So, you know, I gave some advice. Definitely one of the biggest thing is like, you know, Mars wants to be active. Mars wants to release energy. So if you can find some healthy outlet for your anger and aggression, you know, extra physical exercises, intense exercise, really good to kind of burn off the energy. Be also a bit cautious about accidents, you know, over the next couple of weeks, slow down, choose your battles really wisely during this time. I can't stress that enough because, you know, with Pluto, you can, and Mars working together, you can really get in a lot of battles, power struggles with people. I mean, it depends on where, where in your chart it is, obviously, but just choose your battles wisely you know, be aware of the capacity for people to want to project their anger outwards. Like as long as people don't have a healthy relationship with their own emotions, they're more likely to project that outwards. So you see that actually on social media. It's like people are just projecting left and right on each other about the Russia Ukraine thing. And it's like, it's wise to kind of just take a break for this, but with Pluto and Mars working together, it will amplify the emotions. It will amplify the aggression. It will amplify the anger. So you want to find constructive ways, like even put on like loud music and like thrash it out or like punch a punching bag, like do a primal scream, like anything like Pluto needs cathartic expression of the emotion. So you just want to find healthy channels for the anger and aggression. I wake up a little bit frustrated every day and I just have to be like, okay, like this is a fiery energy. I can direct this at someone who I'm just projecting on, who I've chosen that day is the responsible for pissing me off, which is basically a lie. Or I can be like, okay, what do I need to do? Do I need to work out? Do I need to, do I need to do something productive? You know, just, just re realize that this energy is very fiery. It needs to be spent in some active way. So also be strong with your boundaries during this period as well. You, you could get people trying to battle you, um, and just choose, choose your opponents wisely. Don't be emotionally impulsive during this transit. Like, like I have been. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, these are intense times. I can see it, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, myself as well. It's, it's not easy, the work, you know, Laura and I, you know, the work we've been doing with our group, but we engage in the same work ourselves, you know, yeah. we're dealing with our own triggers, stuff's coming up, interferences, you know, there are massive occult forces at work, which by the way, none of us have any control over. That's really, you have to understand. That's why I also enjoy especially esoteric evolutionary astrology gets me out of my own subjective tunnel and see that there are bigger cycles at work that there's a purpose behind it which i have no control over it's just how i handle the energies yes and they're meant all these are lessons in light of soul evolution yes right? but our little conditioned subjective ego personality has no idea why what is happening and then we often uh, fight the current when we have to kind of more align with something higher so to speak with our deeper uh, true self-being yeah but you know i just want to really emphasize and acknowledge that these are intense times obviously duh <laughs> um and it brings up a lot of people a lot in people especially nowadays you know we thought this whole pandemic was kind of over in this not over but the mandates were lifted here and there and uh, everything has eased up all of a sudden we are war and there's impending world war three you yeah. know like so there's so many things happening and we see this uh, again with people who are going um 
the group we're going through in our online coaching program, Embodied Soul Awakening. Um, you know, how everybody's dealing in their own ways or suffering in their own ways and more and more stuff is coming up. And it is kind of multi-level because not just your inner work, your emotional stuff, everything you have suppressed starts to come out, your triggers, your shadow, you know, especially people who have never engaged in this work don't realize how much they have suppressed, how much they have normalized pathologies and all of that yeah. and just went along with it. Because again, there's only so much self-work you can do by yourself and you get just caught in your own patterns and habits and blind spots. But also like in everyday life, right? Like people lose their uh, relationships, uh, divorces, friendships, family interruptions, all of that, or they need to move and or uh, the jobs are threatened, you know, uh, finding a new career, finding a new job or financially what's happening, for example, in, in, in Canada, all of a sudden the banks started to freeze the accounts. So there's a whole financial revolution will be the economic collapse is crypto, Bitcoin, ETH, the solution and all of that. Yeah. So it's, you know... <clears throat> Everything needs to be kind of looked at, but you will drive yourself mad if you're just trying to control everything externally, yeah. right? The attachment is uh, to to a certain outcome. If you're not really like living from within and driven from within, that's why we always emphasize this inner work. It's not to escape the world, but the inner work, as it's called, the, especially the great work, which combines the psychological, esoteric work with the deeper spiritual work together to come in alignment into this the only safe place there is which is within you and you act from that yeah. that's when you're more aligned that's when you're more secure that's when you more you know, have a healthy detachment from the craziness in the world yeah a lot of what you're speaking about is this individuation process mm -hmm. which we like we really stress in our course because people talk about oh i want to become my true self i want to become who i truly truly am you know and realize my true nature or whatever um but you in order to do that the first step is being aware of your projections withdrawing your projections towards the world you know making your own personal unconscious conscious and you know it's very hard to do in a world where your shadow projections will be encouraged by a lot of other people who also are shadow projecting so you're going against the grain by that alone, by deciding to, instead of being like, oh, I'm angry, it's this, this, and this person, I'm going to write them an email or whatever, taking that energy within and being like, okay, I am angry at this person. Who does this person remind me of? When have I felt this way before? Who am I making them out to be right now? Am I making them out to be like a my father, my mother, a god, an angel, a demon, you know? And what qualities do I see in that person? And what could that be telling me about disowned qualities of myself? And that's and doing that literally every time you have a projection towards someone else and doing that all the time. And that's how we really become whole human beings. And that's the very first step yeah. to becoming an individual in this world. You know, so, you know, there's a few ways we can work with this kind of Pluto Mars transit too. We can either resist, suppress, You're going to feel it if you're suppressing it. You're going to feel frustrated, anxious, out of body, just feel kind of just supercharged and just volatile, you know, or anytime you get kind of a plutonic explosion, meaning like an event, a situation presents itself in your life. The better way to work with it, in my personal opinion, from an evolutionary astrology perspective is to ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn here? Why did why did the why did these deeper transpersonal forces create this situation in my life? How is it testing me? You know, that's the that's the better approach. Um, and then the third one is kind of like willing to change in some ways, willing to change in other ways, which is the most popular thing. But the real spiritual warrior way to approach 
Pluto transits, which you're going to going through collectively with this nodes in Scorpio, Pluto return, etc., is to ask yourself, why did this happen? What am I supposed to learn here? And allow ourselves to be almost like, you know, uh, inspired by breaking through our previous limitations, basically. So like, you know, we, it's, 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 it's easy to stay comfortable. It's easy to stay, you know, solid and kind of, it's easy to stay sane when you're comfortable. But when we get challenged, actually, when we get triggered, when someone gets triggered with us, when we get projected on, we get really angry with someone or we, you know, a situation presents us in our life that shows us, okay, something needs to change, you know, we can rise to that challenge and that's how we actually generate resilience, spiritual power. And that's the big lesson of this kind of Pluto Scorpio um, archetype basically. Yeah. It's like, you think you're, you, you're actually stronger than you think. That's, that's the thing exactly. that your soul knows. The Pluto is also the, uh, the archetypal rebirth, the Phoenix rising yeah, out of the exactly. ashes. Exactly. And your soul will present you with certain challenges or your spirit or whatever you want to call it, you know, the universal forces, because it knows that you're stronger than your current sense of limitation. So you have to trust that. It really does also come down with trusting the divine and trusting that every single personal experience that happened to you was a product of divine will wanting to kind of push you up to another level of your spiritual evolution. And that's easier said than done. And your human self will kick and scream throughout that process. And I know because my human self kicks and screams throughout this process. But remember, like it's, you know, shifting the center of consciousness from ego, from your false personality to your true self is really the name of the game here. And that's kind of the consciousness you want to learn to rest in. Yeah, very well said. And that's really, that's so important to say. And, and uh, I want to reiterate that, and I'm sure I've mentioned it before in the, in the previous podcast, I certainly mentioned it in my writings, the idea of this awakening, like awakenings happening, people are excited, but many, most, uh, the majority of people have no understanding of what a, a true awakening implies. And I say it again, it's not about just understanding what's happening in the world and posting about it on Twitter and Facebook and or telling your family and trying to quote unquote red pill them, right? That cannot be even called uh, having taken the red pill from an esoteric perspective, right? It's yeah, you understand more uh, what's happening in the world, uh, more and more quote unquote objective, right? It's, it's a process, uh, but it's the inner alignment because this awakening process it's not like the new age of pop spirituality says it's this this idea of linear road of more bliss, love, and light and feeling better. People have this misconception. Adi Ashanti wrote about this in depth as well. This misconception that enlightenment or awakening means that you just feel better and happy all the time. No, no, no. It's a descent and descent at, at the same time, right? It's really in, um, in widening on all levels. And it brings up anything that is not made conscious of, anything out of the shadows within ourselves and as we see in the collective, not not only personally, but also collectively, right? So it's hence we're battling the shadow within and without. And that's what we mean, for example, when we say inner and outer work. The inner work is uh, coming in alignment of who we truly are, our true self, not our ego personality, which we mistake for the true self. And that is difficult work to work through our traumas shadows and all of that and triggers come up excuses uh justifications rationalizations even interferences of of occult forces other forces entities it's all there but you know like laura just mentioned before they also keep you in a certain frequency and they want they want you to indulge in your projections and your triggers and emotionally uh you know activated um 
quote unquote shit talking basically because they feed off of that. And yeah. I'm not implying to take this contrived new age, uh, just I'm positive, I'm not going to say anything negative, smile, so to speak. That's yeah. not the point either, right? That's that's a bypass, that's a suppression that goes deeper into the unconscious actually and has more detrimental effects anyway. Yes. you know, It relegates more aspects of your personality to the shadow. Exactly. And they actually become more powerful there, by the way. That's why you want to include, like, welcome all parts of yourself, basically. Yeah. And we see it in ourselves, we see it in our work, you know, like... People get triggered by us all the time, project on us, you know, mostly sometimes positive projections, put us on a pedestal, then we say or do something that doesn't go in alignment with the image they have of us, and boom, it turns into negative projections, but yes. it's e projections either way, right? Um, but, you know, on that note, I want to really share a quote by Sri Aurobindo again, because he encapsulates as well this idea of inner and outer work. And really understanding once you engage in the great work, the inner work, you naturally, as you become more sensitive, right, to your own inner being, you naturally become more sensitive to the collective. So that's why we are feeling uh, what we're experiencing right now is also the whole world within ourselves, because all is one. Even yes. if you, you know, it's important, I feel sometimes to get off social media and internet detox and all of that, but we can still obviously be affected by it because our being is widening itself. So he goes, Sri Aurobindo from um, uh, the book, his book, The Synthesis of Yoga, Chapter 2, Self-Consecration. Accepting life, the sadaka, the spiritual seeker, has to bear not only his own burden, but a great part of the world's burden too along with it, as a continuation of his own sufficiently heavy load. Therefore, his yoga has much more of the nature of a battle than others. But this is not only an individual body, uh, but battle. It is a collective war waged over a considerable country. He has not only to conquer in himself the forces of egoistic falsehood and disorder, but to conquer them as a representatives of the same adverse and inexhaustible forces in the world. Their representative character gives them a much more obstinate capacity of resistance and almost endless right to recurrence. Often he finds that even after he has won persistently his own personal battle, he still, he still has to win it over and over again in a seemingly interminable war because his inner existence has already been so much enlarged that not only it contains his own being with its well-defined needs and experiences, but it is in solidarity with the being of others, because in himself he contains the universe. So that's really key to understand this awakening process. is ties into the law of ascend and descend, that you can only uh, raise into high levels of being as low you've gone within to your own being and, and, and dealt with your own unconscious shadow and all of that within and without. So this is really important to understand. And that's what we see it happening right now in the world as well. And as I said many times, it's getting more intensified. And it's really about surfing the wave, so to speak. So, you know, it's either embodiment or bust. More and more people will disintegrate under this heavy psychic load as the shadow is, is coming more and more out in the world as the occult forces trying to interfere with the awakening, uh, you know, and, and they will tag exactly into all your blind spot wounds and traumas uh, within yourself yeah. to keep you basically chained to the matrix. And all the intellectual understanding and trying to figure out what's happening out there is not going to change anything until we align to the divine. Exactly. And embodiment is also, personally, I think, a lesson of the Taurus North Node as well, is like, you know, 
are you going to get sucked into the energies of the chaos and the collective shadows or you can just stay grounded in your own body and your own immediate physical reality and just get to work on what matters with you or what matters to you rather so i think we're kind of ending this podcast i'm just gonna the first hour the first hour of the podcast so i'm just gonna kind of do a little bit of a recap so you know how can we stay sane in this crazy world well we are, remember, this is both a spiritual process of individuation and spiritualization. You have to, though, individuate before you can spiritualize. So it is about withdrawing your projections, making your own personal unconscious conscious, answering the calls of your deep self and not putting it off to another day. So if you have some voice in your from your soul telling you, you got to get out of this job, you got to get out of this relationship, you got to change this, you got to change that, don't ignore it. Actually start to make constructive steps towards working towards that because you want to understand that Pluto can either work through slow, steady growth or cataclysmic growth. And Personally, I have a little bit of a PTSD from the cataclysmic growth Pluto transit. So <laughs> I don't think I'm I'm not real a real big fan of it. So that's why I actually co-opt my own soul's evolution and I listen to the calls of my soul and I make changes and I work on myself because I know that the evolutionary forces, if I don't, will eventually invent a situation from the quote unquote outer world to make me do it anyway. So just, you know, listen, take take heed. Be ahead of the curve there, you know? Also, emotional intelligence is really key. So remember, the media controls you through fear. It will control you through an emotional reaction. And so will other forces working through people, Watiko working through people, people who are just triggered and angry and not don't know how to deal with their emotions themselves will make you responsible to your emotions. So you really want to understand, you know, how to be with your emotions, how to respond to your emotions intelligently, how to see the emotions in others and how to respond to their emotions intelligently. Don't let yourself be controlled by by other people, including the media or the outer world, trying to instill an emotional reaction with you. And I'm not saying that it's like, you know, all of a sudden you're just going to overcome fear tomorrow. No, but you can, through sitting with your fear, through being with your fear, through an objective state, you can actually feel fear and yet still not be that fear. Yes. You can be rather the awareness that sees yourself having a fear response rather than being like, oh, I'm a primal animal in a fear state. I'm in danger. I better fight, flight, or freeze. So yes, and then staying embodied as well. So on a basic level, you know, I'm, a, and we do this uh, in depth in the course is like deep belly breathing, body scanning practices, somatic. Just somatic work, just, you know, throughout the day, this is a really good practice is, is from letting go David Hawkins. It's also said in many Buddhist traditions across the ages, but just notice what you're feeling, allow that feeling to be there with no resistance breathe into it and let it go. So, and honestly, that kind of practice is a little bit too light for Plutonian times. You might need to actually scream or punch or go for a run or, or go, do some hardcore exercise or act it out physically in some way. So just, you know, leave room for a more um, expanded expression of your emotions with the Plutonian times. And then, you know, self-remembering, connecting to essence. So, you know, the big jump that happens on an evolutionary scale when we go into this individuation process, when we spiritualize ourselves, is that rather than your um, security being found in the validation of family, friends, your job, your career, your role, 
you actually have to make the self, the true self, the central resource. So the true self is your guiding force, not what family, friends, people around you say. And so that's that central jump in the consciousness that needs to be made. So you know, connecting to spirit, connecting to essence, working with prayer, you know, working with these higher realms as well is really wise during these times. So, you know, remember that samsara is ultimately like this cosmic dance, you know, it's this dance of life and death and suffering and sickness and all sorts of stuff. But you can either dance in that storm or you can just be afraid of it and like just cower in the corner. But you got to learn how to really dance in the storm during these times. And the more that you actually can find things that bring you joy, light, what makes your inner child sing like joy is really a high frequency to aim for. So if you can just find things that bring you joy in everyday life, whether it's just singing or dancing or making art, I don't know, anything. It can be like, it can be anything, whatever it is that your heart desires, you know, that can also help you kind of stay grounded during these times. So yeah, you want to add something? Yeah, yeah, I just want to also say, I mean, again, this is this is not easy work. I just want to emphasize, it's not going to happen. We see these people who join our courses, you know, uh, and even some people have engaged in this work for many years, but then they see how deep it actually goes. So you have to also take it easy with yourself. And it's a twofold uh, because sometimes you can also, we can slack. So we need to also engage the will, yes, right? To have the discipline, to pierce through, to reject uh, um, the fear, right? And act with courage despite the fear. And that's, that's a warrior attitude. We are in a time of war. So we need this warrior archetype within ourselves. Um but also it's important to understand this process. And if you really understand deeper evolutionary astrology, you understand that everybody has deeply unique soul lessons. So it's really important that this is this journey is a highly individual journey that's different for each of us. But the universal laws apply to all of us, right? All this um, are lessons. So really understanding that. And then like Laura mentioned, the most important point is to understand that you we can't you cannot spiritualize until you have individuated in in a deeper Jungian term of truly like becoming a whole person separated from the crowd, so to speak. And if we don't do this, that's when we get into all kinds of new age stuff, spiritual bypassing, get lost in the rabbit hole, externalize. Destroying cults. You know, exactly. Because it's also it requires a certain humility to really like reflect on yourself, you know, that everything you ever thought about life, even about yourself, are lies, right? Uh, and and simply, or let, let's put it this way, we're just highly conditioned and programmed into you. Yes. Or trauma responses, wounded. Like people always say, for example, just manifest your desires. You can have anything you want. There's some truth to it in, in, in this manifestation business. But have you ever asked yourself where are your desires coming from, right? And I've worked with thousands, Lauren, I work with thousands of people who have seen that even myself in the past, a lot of desires, goals, and aims people have are literally not their own. Are they yours? They are mostly socially, culturally conditioned, parental conditioning, programming, unconscious, the media, peer pressure, telling you what, you're supposed to be, do, have in order to bring you happiness, success can be trauma responses, you know, trying to fulfill a hole within yourself, right? Um, and all of that. So all of this stuff is coming up now, but there's divine guidance, there's help under, you know, there, and we can tune into that. The more, the more sincere we are with ourselves, as, as, as the saying goes, you take one step to God, he takes 10 steps towards you. And that's really what it comes down to in this day and age. Yes. Now, so in the second hour? Yeah, yeah. in the second hour. This is not a later transit, um, so it's fine if we put in the second hour. So we do have a nice aspect. We have uh, Neptune-Jupiter uh, conjunction happening in Pisces, so I'll talk a little bit about that. 
And then what else did we not cover? Well, in the I want else. I want to go deep into this uh, great quote by you found by Rudolf Steiner from oh, yeah. uh, Cosmic Forces in Man. So I want to. Uh, and what does he just give people a preview? What does he talk about in that uh, again? About, about the, again what I did the necessity to bring spirit back into life because that's we're, we're in the dark ages in the Kali Yuga. And I've said it over and over again. Uh, you know, all the traditions have said the same over and over again until we spiritualize, until we bring God really truly into our lives. And we're not talking about some religious dogmatic God out in the sky based on the corrupted uh, dogmatic religions, but to really spiritualize the being is so key. So he has something great to say about that. So I want to definitely talk about more of that as well in light of astrology and the deeper process and the forces we're up against. Yeah, so if you're not already a member, if you want to hear the second hour, you can join our uh, second hour, get the second hour of every podcast on veilofreality.com. And yeah, we'll see you next time or on the second hour. Until then, see you soon.